Hello, everyone, and welcome to our program, The Truth Will Set You Free, Bible Prophecy Edition. Vic Batista and Nathan Jones, we are with Lamb Lion Ministries, and we thank you for being part of today's program, The Truth Will Set You Free, as we're going to be talking about a very important title, and that is The Rebellious House, as we look at the book of Ezekiel. So for those of you that are following us on social media, make sure you share this program with your friends and family. Hey, but before we continue, I'm going to ask my co-host, Nathan Jones, if he will open us up with a word of prayer. Lord Jesus, I thank you for this interesting riddle that you've given in Ezekiel 17, which uh, shows the spiritual condition of Israel at the time, but also reflects our spiritual condition. So as we dive back in here and recap it and then move forward, we pray, Lord, that you'll help open up your word to us so that we may understand you better and your will for our lives. Thank you, Lord Jesus, in your precious name. Amen. Amen. Again, you're tuning to Truth to Set You Free Bible Prophecy Edition. Vic Batista, Nathan Jones with Lamb Lion Ministry. Again, we're talking about the rebellious house as we look at Ezekiel chapter 17. So I want to invite you, if you have a Bible, to follow along with us uh, for today's program. But before we continue, I'm going to welcome my co-host of the program, Nathan Jones. Nathan, it's great to have you on. Hey, brother. How's things down there in Florida? Nathan, I have to say things are fantastic. After the hurricane here, we're we're doing some cleanup. We're getting back to normal. Today is actually a wonderful chilly day. It happened to be 66 degrees here in Daytona Beach, which is very cold for us, Nathan. <laughs> uh, well, that's wonderful, man. In Texas, yeah, it takes forever to get them from summer to winter. We have no fall. So now that the uh, winter temperatures are finally come upon us, it's actually starting to feel like the right season. Wow, you know Nathan, I learned something new all the time. I didn't know that you that you went right from summer to a winter. That I, you know, then that's true. I never seen any leaves falling in 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 uh in Texas. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we had a our conference, our Lamb and Lion Ministries Regional Conference on October eighth and 9th in Pennsylvania, and boy, the leaves were just gorgeous. I'd forgotten what, how beautiful the leaves could be, but here in Texas. We'll get a cold snap. All the green leaves will turn brown. They'll fall off. Not much color whatsoever. Very sad, especially for a guy who, like me who likes fall so much. I know, I know, but uh, that's the that's the thing. And then for me, it saddens me because uh, November comes around and we have to do the whole time change thing again. And it's just getting shorter days. Uh, so I, I know I understand where you're at. Yeah. But, you, you know, you live kind of in a tropical paradise, so uh, you're, you're suffering for the Lord there, I'm sure. <laughs> well, you know, my wife, my, my son was stationed in Hawaii for four years, so some of us, we just have to suffer for certain things, you know, Nathan? Uh, yes, yeah, <laughs> that's tough, man, really tough. <laughs> well, I'm glad the Lord's placed you in such a beautiful place. But like you said, I, I wouldn't want the hurricanes coming through all the time like you guys have to deal with, like with Ian. Yes, yes. Oh, but Nathan, uh, we are praying for our nation, though. There are uh, challenges that people are going through with a, the different type of disasters that are happening around the world. But you and I know some of these actually are tied to what the Bible has to say, that there will be uh, some of the signs of the last days have to do with uh, natural disasters. And and uh, we're seeing some of those things unfold. Um, 
right before our eyes. And Nathan, we've spoken um, a lot on different subject matters and we have a lot of resources uh, in the ministry, but maybe for someone who's not familiar with the ministry, maybe you can share with them about those resources and, and how they can get a hold of, of those resources and what you and I do and other evangelists in the ministry. Sure. Sit back and drink your coffee and I'll go ahead and explain what the ministry is all about. Uh, Lamb and Lion Ministries is a Bible prophecy teaching ministry and our mission is to proclaim the soon return of Jesus Christ. Uh, Vic and I are evangelists here along with our founder, Dr. David Reagan, our director, Tim Moore, and uh, we have other assistant evangelists as well, like Patrick Oliver and others. And uh, we just want to get the gospel out and get people excited like we are about the Lord's soon return. Folks can uh, watch our television program, Christ in Prophecy, on the major Christian networks. Uh, but we recommend people come to our website at ChristinProphecy.org. There's a wealth of information there to help you grow in your relationship with Jesus Christ, both articles, videos, social media, e-newsletter, resources. Uh, we hope to have it all to help you grow in your relationship with Jesus. And uh, others like this podcast, The Truth Will Set You Free. And we're so glad that you've tuned in and joined us on The Truth Will Set You Free today. You know, Nathan, and I love the way that you put it, sit back and drink your coffee. That's really what we hope people will do, right, Nathan? We try to do our programs kind of like low-key, laid back. We do have a lot of content, but the idea is we do want people to enjoy them, to learn, and be in a relaxed atmosphere. So I really like that idea. And then for those of you that maybe are watching, uh, excuse me, uh, are following us, whether it's on Pray.com or online, we want to encourage you, if you're in need of prayer, you can always reach out to us, uh, call or text 305-992-9537. We'd love to pray with you and give you more information about the ministry. And Nathan, we're also available to come out and speak at different venues if people need us, right? Absolutely, yeah. Lamb and Lion Evangelists will come to any church-sponsored uh, conference or church service. Just need your pastor to uh, extend the invitation and we'll work it out. And uh, our evangelists uh, go all over the world and 2022, I've been to Indiana, Seattle, Pennsylvania, Oklahoma, various places around Texas, Colorado, uh, you know, wherever the gospel need is and people want to learn more about the 31% of the Bible that's prophecy, you can get a Lamb and Lion Ministries evangelist to come to your town. Absolutely. So for those of you that are part of the program, take advantage uh, of these wonderful opportunities and resources. So, Nathan, thank you so much for sharing that. We're very excited, Nathan. On our previous program, we were looking at Ezekiel chapter 16 and chapter 17. And you and I were uh, discussing the fact that oftentimes God gets his people's attention, all people's attention, by bringing, by speaking, by having the prophets speak to them uh, in prophet, in, in riddles and in proverbs. And uh, he'll ask them to do weird things at times. And, and you and I were looking at what Ezekiel was asked to do and how he was to portray the message of God. And to some people, it might seem weird, but there's illustrations in the Bible and messages to grab a hold of individuals of all different uh, ages uh, because God wants to speak to them. And that's what you and I were looking in Ezekiel chapter 17 about this riddle and this parable that was posed to uh, the people at that time because God wanted to get their attention. Yes, absolutely. Well, Ezekiel was told to deliver a discourse or an extended riddle that would require an explanation. Uh, the word for parable in the Hebrew is masal, which is normally translated proverb. And it's a short, pithy statement, but which can also refer to a longer work involving extensive comparison. So Ezekiel's riddle is given in chapter 17, 3 through 10, and explained in 11 through 21. 
So in our last uh, episode, we did go through this this riddle about these two eagles, and we found out that one eagle was Nebuchadnezzar and the other was Egypt, and and how this was really a, a prophecy because this would happen uh, th three years after Ezekiel gave this riddle, is that Nebuchadnezzar would come down and he would exile a portion of the people of Jerusalem up to Babylon. It's the Lord caused to happen because of the sins of the people, but he would leave a remnant. And so he put Zedekiah in charge of Jerusalem and said, hey, you've made an oath of fealty to me. And so as long as you don't break it, I'm not going to come and exile the rest of the people in Jerusalem. But as we read in uh, chapter 17 about that second eagle, that's Egypt, uh, Zedekiah went to Egypt and said, help me out here. Give me some troops and some men, and we're going to fight Babylon, and, and we're going to get our freedom. Well, God said, don't do that. And unfortunately, uh, he, Zedekiah broke that, and that's what happened. He ended up going in. And so here we've got, unfortunately, uh, this terrible situation that happened because of the two eagles happened over Israel. Now, if Israel had stayed loyal to the covenant they made with the Lord, they would have been the strongest nation in the region and nothing would have touched them. But they degraded so much because of their sin, they were now subject to the nations around them. And, and Nathan, when we looked at this parable, if you will, or this riddle again, so that people will not get confused, we began to explain uh, a little bit in terms of what this was all about, what was the dynamics happening behind the scenes. And as we pick it up in Ezekiel chapter 17, verses 12 uh, through uh, 15, we hope that those of you that just tuned in will follow along with us in your Bible as we make our way through this amazing a parable, if you will, and also its meaning. Nathan, would you be able to pick it up for us there and read verses 12 through 14, and I'll read 15 and 16, just in case someone doesn't have a Bible? Sure. Actually, I might back it up to 11, uh, because it goes, Moreover, the word of the Lord came to me, saying, so that's the establishment verse there, and verse 12, Say now to the rebellious house, Do, not, do you not know what these things mean? Well, then tell them. Indeed, the king of Babylon, the first eagle, went to Jerusalem and took its kings and princes and led them with him to Babylon. And he took the king's offspring, made a covenant with him, that's Zedekiah, and put him under oath. And he also took away the mighty of the land. Verse 14, that the kingdom might be brought low and not lift itself up, but by keeping his covenant, it might stand. But he rebelled against him by sending his ambassadors to Egypt, that they might give him horses and many people. Will he prosper? Will he do such things, uh, excuse me, such things escape? Can he break a covenant and still be delivered? And Nathan, I love that because you were giving us uh, this wonderful description of what was going on here. And also pausing that question. Hey, when someone turns against God, when they rebel, when they try to do their own thing, Will they really prosper? You know, sometimes people think they're getting away with certain things, but in the end, you realize you might fool others, but you can't fool God. No, God's omniscient. He knows everything. There's nothing secret or hidden from him. Uh, but he also wants us to turn to him. He is the source of all power. He's also what's called omnipotent. Uh, he is all powerful. So why would we go to anything lesser being uh, uh, Satan, uh, the occult, demonic world, even just regular people? Go to God. He is all powerful. Now, unfortunately, Zedekiah did not do that. He violated his oath to Nebuchadnezzar. Uh, so Nebuchadnezzar says, all right, that's it. I'm not going to spare the city of Jerusalem. So as Ezekiel explained, this revolt meant that Zedekiah would die in Babylon for Pharaoh and Egypt wouldn't be of any help. He was 
He just didn't have the power. So in breaking his oath to Nebuchadnezzar, Zedekiah wasn't just opposing Nebuchadnezzar here. He was opposing God. So God said, I will bring down on his head my oath that he despised and my covenant that he broke. So God would see that Zedekiah was caught by Nebuchadnezzar in his net and snare and brought to Babylon with his troops killed by the sword. And we read in history, too, that Zedekiah, uh, not only did Nebuchadnezzar murder his children in front of him as Zedekiah was trying to escape out of a tunnel, but he also blinded Zedekiah and dragged him up into Babylon where he would die in his final days. He, he didn't kill him, but he let him you know, die in old age as a, a no, nobleman or authority figure anymore. And if he had just obeyed the oath that he had made, the covenant that he had made with, with Nebuchadnezzar, uh, more than likely Jerusalem would have been allowed to remain underneath its own control with, of course, Babylon over it. But they rebelled. And brother, Zedekiah is just an example of the people of Israel at that time period. Endless rebelling against God and breaking his covenant, their covenant with him. Uh, Zedekiah was a truly a symbol of those people, a constant need to rebel against God with tragedy always the result. Yes, Nathan. And too much uh, is given, much is required. Uh, that's why we, we also have to pray for America, our country. It's a powerful country, but sometimes we let our power uh, get to our head and we forgot where we came from. Uh, on our coins, on our money, we have written in God we trust. But we look around and we find that that is the opposite. So little do we trust in God. We just begin to trust in our power and in our might. And again, God cannot be mocked, right, Nathan? Whatever a man's souls, that he shall also reap. Sure. I mean, a nation that proclaimed itself for hundreds of years to be under Judeo-Christian values is the United States. Why do we think we're going to get off any better than the people of Judah here? I mean, starting in verse 16, he says, As I live, says the Lord God, surely in the place where the king dwells, who made him king, whose oath he despised, and whose covenant he broke with him in the midst of Babylon, he shall die. Speaking about Zedekiah. Nor will Pharaoh with his mighty army and great company do anything in the war when they heap up a siege mound and build a wall to cut off many persons. Since he despised his oath by breaking the covenant, and in fact gave his hand and still did all these things, he shall not escape. Brother, that was a warning for the people of Israel uh, 2,600 years ago. But that's a, for any nation who says that they are a Christian nation and then turns against God and rejoices in evil and says we don't want God in our society anymore then we are also saying we don't want God's protection anymore. And brother, we have lived under great bounty and protection for hundreds of years because of our country's overall dedication to the Lord. We're not in a covenant relationship with God, but we certainly as a nation are different than all the others in the past. We were founded on Judeo-Christian values on the Bible. And now we're saying, God, we don't want you here anymore. And we think that all of a sudden on our own power, like Egypt, that we could stand. Brother, we're not going to stand. I, I think America's days, unless we see a return to the Lord, a revival and a repentance happen nationally, uh, our nation is doomed. Nathan, and it's hard for some people to want to hear this, but it's a reality. We have a divided nation. Uh, sadly to say, we're allowing ourselves not only to be divided, but also because of sin, we are allowing our nation to cave in in so many ways. And again, we are here. We can stand in the gap. We can pray. I believe that uh, because of the Christians that are praying, God is holding back the full judgment that is coming. But but we know that we're hanging by a thread. And whoever doesn't want to believe that they're they're fooling themselves, 
Our economy right now is in really, really bad shape. We don't know how much longer we'll be around as a superpower, Nathan. And we see so many other uh, countries now and nations really starting to excel and get ahead of the United States of America uh, uh, economically in so many ways. So we really need to continue to pray for our country uh, as the same way that we pray for Israel, that God will open up their eyes and understanding to the truth. Because as we look at Ezekiel chapter 17, there verses 19 through 21, uh, we see their, their future, uh, them being scattered. Verse 19 says, Therefore, thus is the Lord God, as I live, surely my oath which he despised and my covenant which he broke, I will recompense on his own head. Verse 20, I will spread my net over him and he shall be taken in my snare. I will bring him to Babylon and try him there for the treason which he committed against me. All his fugitives with all his troops shall fall by the sword, and those who remain shall be scattered every to every wind, and you shall know that I, the Lord, have spoken. Nathan, again, we see the Lord is going to bring this to pass. And he does, yeah. I mean, history proves that three years later, after Ezekiel made this riddle, this Zedekiah held his rebellion. Sure enough, he tried to sneak away through a hidden tunnel under the city, and who's waiting on the outside of the <laughs> tunnel but the Babylonians? And like I already said, they, they killed their children and uh, blinded them and dragged them up. And, uh, you know, that's interesting what you said about America, because when you go back to Deuteronomy and what Moses' last words to his people, he said, if you obey the Lord, these are the blessings. You'll have economic bounty and a strong military and health and the esteem of the world. But if you reject me and turn against me, then naturally, without the power of the Lord on their side, they would fall into strife, uh, divisions, civil war, threats from external powers, uh, food production issues, um, weak military. And that happened to Israel again and again and again. Now, at times they'd repent and the Lord would return their strength. But by this point in Israel's history, they had it was time for exile. Brother, we're seeing that in the United States. I mean, for decades now. We've seen a nation state, okay, we are a Christian nation. Did we have our faults? Oh, absolutely we had our faults. But overall, the Bible was esteemed and God was center of the nation. But as the nation got proud of its own accomplishments and didn't give any credit to the Lord, we're seeing the very diff the very judgments that the Lord said would happen to Israel happen to us. We thought our food production system would be, our supply lines would be infallible. Well, they've been a mess for the last few years uh, we said, well, we have health. We have all this medical technology. Well, then COVID hit and, uh, you know, the, the nation's been a mess. Matter of fact, the the lifespan of Americans has dropped to 76.1 now. So we're, we're dying younger than we have. Uh, we would have internal strives and we certainly have a almost a, some people are saying a second civil war, at least happening in the courts, if not on the streets. We're seeing the nations around us like China and Russia be a threat to us. And uh, we're looking at our economy collapse because of the greed from our government, spending money like there's no tomorrow. What's the end result? The end result is eventually foreign nations come in, take part of your land and, and turn you into serfs. And brother, that's what every country in the world has happened. They've declined in ability to protect themselves militarily. They've lost lands and colonies, and eventually they're a shell of what they were. And and unfortunately, because we rejected God, the United States is becoming a shell of what we were. The history has long shown that this is 
what will happen when a nation rejects God, and that's what's happening today. Wow, Nathan, but it, it, we have to admit there's a lot of truth to this. In America, we have a lot of our pride, our greed. We become a bloated country. Uh, when you see companies now like General Electric that have been around for over 100 years, suddenly now they're splitting uh, because uh, uh, into different companies just to try to survive and stay alive. Yet when you look at the billions of dollars that these companies make, you wonder why, what, where's all this money going? And we see that for some it's never enough. Uh, it's always more and it's always greed. Where we should be at a place as a nation, uh, as a nation, Nathan, that we should be at the, at the, uh, at the forefront uh, like we used to be of helping. I mean, we still do in some ways, we're still a great country, but that's quickly uh, disintegrating right before our eyes. I immigrated to this country uh, back in 1976. And in the past 20 years, Nathan, uh, I, I, this country is just totally, totally different uh, in so many ways. So we have to continue to pray for our country. We have to learn the lessons like we're reading here in Ezekiel of what happens when a nation turns their back on God. Yeah, I, I was at, uh, I, I get my hair cut at a, a place uh, run by a Vietnamese group. And uh, they, the guy who cuts my hair, Jeff, wonderful barber, uh, tells me stories of how he had to flee Vietnam when communism came in. And when you have a, a, a system of government based on humanism and atheism, you get communism. And our country, as it becomes more atheist, has been calling for communism. He had to flee out of the country. And it took two years by boats and various other channels to come to the United States and, and he enjoy the blessings. So when he sees socialism, like you said, in the last 20 years, start to gain a real foothold, it scares him because he knows what living under such a system is like. And brother, that's all we hear now. It's over 50% of the millennials today say that they think socialism is a better system than capitalism. Well, you're a slave in socialism to a system, to a government. We want security over freedom. How can any country survive if we adopt that? Look at Venezuela. It was one of the best uh, oil producing natural resource countries in the world, but uh, under Madero and others, uh, Chavez, it's, there's nothing much left of it. And people are looking for food in the garbage cans. And so we end up destroying ourselves when we reject the Lord. We're seeing this in ancient Israel here in Ezekiel. And brother, we're living it today in the United States. Oh, that is so sad, Nathan, and it's true. So for those of you that just tuned in again, we are in Ezekiel chapter 17. As we get into close the chapter, the beginning on verse 22 through 24, we encourage you to follow along with us. Nathan, as we wrap up there, this chapter, will you be able to take us to verses 22 uh, through 23, and I'll do 24 and 26 uh, through right. 26? Well, this is good because the Lord always ends with hope, and this is the hope, verse 22. Thus says the Lord God, I will take also one of the highest branches of the high cedar and set it out. I will crop off from the topmost of its young twigs a tender one and will plant it on a high and prominent mountain. On the mountain height of Israel, I will plant it and it will bring forth boughs and bear fruit and be a majestic cedar. And under it will dwell birds of every sort in the shadow of its branches. They will dwell. Mm, verse 24, and all the trees of the field shall know that I, the Lord, have brought down the high trees and exalted the low trees, dried up the green trees and made the dry tree flourish. I, the Lord, have spoken and have done it. I love that, Nathan. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, uh, looking back at the Bible knowledge commentary by Walvert and Zook, uh, I highly recommend this resource. Uh, 
Their commentary says, lest the people get overly discouraged about God's coming judgment, Ezekiel adds an addendum to his prophecy against Jerusalem. Though not specifically calling God an eagle, Ezekiel compared God's future actions to those of the two eagles, which we read about, Babylon and Egypt. Neither of those eagles had been able to provide the security and prosperity Israel desperately longed for. But God would succeed where they had failed. So God said, he, I myself, will take a shoot from the very top of a cedar and plant it. Well, the shoot would be the Davidic line. God would replant a king from the line of David on the mountain heights of Israel. The kingdom would not be destroyed, for God will restore it to the land of Israel. That kingdom will produce branches and bear fruit and become a splendid cedar. That is, it will prosper as it had never done before. So instead of plucking the branches from it, birds of every kind will nest in it. And this suggests that Israel will be protected, surrounded nations, rather than being their pawn. So again, God's purpose in restoring Israel is to do this, is to reveal his glory and plan for Israel to all nations. In other words, all the trees will know that I, the Lord, bring down the tall tree and make the low tree grow tall. Israel's rise to prominence will be a catalyst to turn other nations to the Lord. Isn't that amazing? Nathan, I love that. And it's, again, that speaks also of what we should be doing as Christians, as individuals, God's purpose to bring him glory. And, and that's why now, Nathan, thank you for sharing the, the, the answer to this riddle, uh, which shows us clearly God's plan. And that's God's plan for your life as well, that you will bring and bear fruit. Maybe God is pruning you right now. Maybe God is taking you through a season uh, where you where you've been dry and uh, you recognize that it has to do with your spiritual walk with God. Well, God wants to restore you for you to flourish, that you could bring fruit through your life. And that starts, of course, with a relationship with Jesus. So whether you backslid, uh, you can return to Christ or if you don't know Christ, we're going to give you an opportunity right now to come to know him personally. So, Nathan, maybe someone just tuned in to a program, maybe they're hearing us on pray.com or other resource and uh, sources and they don't have a relationship with the Lord, would you be able to share with them how they can start the relationship even right now? Oh, absolutely. Well, understand too that this is a prophecy, this addendum of Ezekiel gave. It's a, actually a prophecy about the future. Uh, the prophecy wasn't fulfilled when Israel returned to the land after the Babylonian captivity. Uh, verses 22 through 24 await God's establishment of Israel and was called the Millennial Kingdom. Folks, this is when Jesus Christ returns to set up his earthly kingdom, where he will rule and reign over the world from Jerusalem. We will see Jesus one day, face-to-face, -face, rule over this world. So this part of the prophecy hasn't happened yet. And so to live in that kingdom, you have to be a citizen of that kingdom. So how does one become a citizen of the kingdom of Christ? Well, we return to the Lord Jesus Christ, uh, for God has so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. That's John 3, 16. So if you put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ as your savior, then turn to him and pray from your heart. Something like, dear Jesus, I know I'm a sinner. I'm so sorry for my sins. Please forgive me and be the Lord and savior of my life. Jesus promises that your sins will be forgiven. The guilt will be washed away and you will inherit eternal life with him, and you will also live in that millennial kingdom. Awesome. Great news, Nathan. Thank you for sharing that. And hey, if maybe you just trusted in the Lord, 
from wherever you are, we would love for you to reach out to us and let us know that you started that relationship with Jesus, that you accepted Nathan's invitation. You can call us or text us 305-992-9537 or write to us uh, or check us out here at christinprophecy.org. We would love to send you a Bible and uh, some material so that you can grow in your relationship with the Lord. And also we want to encourage you, find a good Bible teaching church. Let them know that you accepted the Lord. Get baptized and begin to serve there. God has a wonderful plan for your life, and it just started right now. So, Nathan, we're excited when we hear back from people, right? And they let us know that they have responded to the Lord. Absolutely. You know, we don't aren't teaching these uh, podcasts in a vacuum here. <laughs> we hope to be interactive. We hope uh, you let us know if uh, these have been a blessing to you. Uh, just go to our website, ChristinProphecy.org, click contact, and uh, the emails go to me. I'd be happy to respond, or the number that Vic gave, uh, if you want to call him directly, and uh He'll share with you as well, uh, especially if you're if you don't know Jesus as your savior yet. I mean, that's what all of life. The, the, the only decision that really matters in all of your life forever is whether you've accepted Jesus salvation or not. Uh, if you've rejected it, your destiny is the lake of fire. You're, you're still under the wrath of God, as John 336 says. But if you trust in the Lord as your savior, then you will inherit eternal life with him. What a great blessing from Jesus Christ. Woo, praise the Lord. That is absolutely true, Nathan. So again, we thank you for being part of today's program. We're so excited for what God is doing in your lives. We ran out of time for this segment of the program, but we hope that you can stay tuned to our other programs in the past, in, in the future. Nathan, always great to have you on. Thank you so much for sharing. Oh, great to be on, brother. God bless you all. Have a great day, everyone. only me.